Welcome to the Enchanted Ears Podcast, where we discuss anything and everything Disney. I'm Angela. And I'm Joe. And on today's episode, we're going to be playing another round of You Can Only Keep One. So we've done this a, a few times so far where we have like three choices and you can only keep one of them, but we're going to do Disneyland edition this time. Did you know that the listeners can't hear your hand gestures? Because you were those were some very wild hand gestures that you were you were working with right there. <laughs> I could vary into it. I feel like... They can. You know, like they say that, like if you're in customer service, people can hear you smiling over the phone. Like if you smile, people can hear that. Yes. I feel like the same goes for hand gestures, that they can hear the excitement of the hand <laughs> gestures. Well, you know what? The listeners are going to have to let us know if they can hear your hand gestures. Yes. Let us know if you, could, Either, if you could hear that. Maybe they have like a little extra special like spidey sense that will allow them to hear that. Perhaps. Perhaps <laughs> I do. So all right, let's jump into some Disney news first. So we finally caught word of when the Space 220 restaurant will be opening. So it's going to be opening mid-September. So it'll be open uh, a few weeks before the 50th anniversary. And we got kind of our first look inside of it. Disney Parks TikTok shared like a little bit of the inside, like the entrance, how you come in and the main dining room. It looks pretty incredible. Yeah, it looks basic. It looks like it belongs in the Star Wars Hotel. I'm Bottom well, line. Well, it does. I mean, the the windows that they're using is the same technology that they're going to be using for the windows and the Galactic Star Cruiser in your room to make it feel like you're in space. And you're right. It, it looks great. It looks like it, it should be in Star Wars because it's going to be ultimately. But I was really impressed by this because I, I didn't know how well this was going to turn out, this kind of technology to make it look like you were actually floating in outer space. I'm going to be honest, I think I probably had low expectations, which probably helped um, me be kind of pleasantly surprised by this. But the whole kind of aesthetic of it really does feel like a space station, like on the inside and the hallways and everything. And the, you know, the windows and stuff do look great. It does have a very yeah intergalactic Star Wars-esque feel. And I almost wonder if, you know, they kind of cribbed some of the design aesthetic from that. And maybe even help sell it. Like, hey, if you like this restaurant, you'd really like the $6,000 <laughs> two-day immersive thing to go to. Um, so it's pretty good. It's going to be a prefix menu. Um, so I, I haven't seen anything. If they released um, some pictures of the food, I haven't seen that yet. But it looks pretty cool. I'm excited that it's finally opening. This thing was supposed to open like a year ago. So I'm glad it's finally opening. I'm excited to go uh, try it out next time we're there. I'm always looking forward to trying new places. We still haven't had a chance to try Boma yet, which has been recommended to us a number of times, but it's been closed every time that we've been down there recently. Yeah, and I imagine all that stuff's going to start reopening soon, if not for the 50th, pretty shortly well, after the 50th. Well, yeah, so. and Animal Kingdom Lodge is reopening, so I know that... Uh, you know, yeah, all the it, hotels, I think by November now, I think are going to scheduled to be open at this point. So yeah, as they're gearing up for the 50th, I, everything's kind of reopening. So what, by the time we go next April, hopefully, we'll yeah, be able to everything should be open by then. We also, um, speaking of the 50th, we also kind of got our first look at the music for Harmonious. And they talked about that they're having a new kind of anthem for the 50th that's going to play at all four parks as those park icons come to life in their new you know iridescent lighting package and it's going to be slightly different depending on which park you're in so that's pretty exciting that it's going to be a a common theme but slightly unique to each park uh, so that's exciting and then we got kind of a, a first listen to some of the harmonious music and I got to admit you know listening to it it sounded great. We've been hating on these barges, but I, I kind of told you, I was like, I feel like when we go and see this thing, 
We're just going to be so overwhelmed by it. We're going to be like, this is amazing. This is incredible. <laughs> I love it. Um, but then still in the daylight, you're gonna be like, I don't know why they put those barges there. But I do feel like, you know, when you add that music and you add the fireworks and the Disney magic, you know, like we're all just gonna love it. I feel like they need to create some sort of like sea monster type aesthetic thing oh, that just yeah, rises like up out of the water. No, no, oh, no. It's like the day. Yeah, like, like so whenever, oh, yeah, so to, to hide it during the day. And then that way, whenever at night, the screens can come up out of the water that, like, a, like a sea monster. I kinda. like it. A sea monster show. I like it. <laughs> well, not a show, but... No, I just do mean, a whole show. Make it a sea monster. <laughs> Make it interactive. That would be awesome. Yeah, it would be pretty cool. And also along with that, the 50th stuff, we've got our first look at a lot of the 50th merch also since the last time we talked about it. And those are... I mean, I knew I was going to love it because of the iridescent, but I mean, we got beautiful ears. We got amazing lounge flies, which, you know, um, you know, my lounge fly collection starting to get a little bit out of control. Uh, I was never a purse person until I started doing this lounge fly thing. And now I just have so many. um, Yeah. And some of that merch is for sale. I will say some of it does look great. Some of it I'm like kind of iffy on like some of those track suits. I'm like, I don't know that I need a. (laughs) 50th anniversary tracksuit, but you're right. Like, I think I saw the hat looks really good, the lounge fly, the ears. Yeah, anything in that like iridescent color scheme that they're going for looks really good. They have a special 50th pin. Yes. That looks great. So, um, yeah, exciting. It, and it just seems like we're getting more and more as they're kind of ramping up to October. And I think even after October 1st hits, there's just going to be more and more announced because this is an 18 month celebration. I mean, there's still a lot of new attractions that have not even opened yet that are going to be a part of this. So I think there's going to be a lot of news that, yeah, we're getting a lot now, but I think it's just going to continue over the next year and a half as well. I could definitely see them also adding, um, you know, they're, they've been doing a lot of collectible stuffed animals. Like they did the stitch collection where the stitch kind of crashed all the different movies. How about like custom new emo outfits? Oh yeah, for your little they, you, you bought a stitch one. They have a birthday cake one, I believe. Oh, there you go. Carly Wiesel posted it. It was like it looks like the Noemo coming out of a birthday cake or something. Yeah, I I think that I think that I that that's another of one. Of course, that yeah, I you might have to. You're purchase. definitely going to need an additional you know twenty five to forty dollars worth of outfits for that just to celebrate <laughs> hey, the fifty. I was good last time we were at Disney. I did not buy a, a second Noemo outfit because I really do. I mean, the one that I got is quite choice. It's just, it's just insane how how Disney just they make these little stuffed animals. And then they sell you every outfit's twenty to twenty five dollars. You can buy beach chairs for them. It's amazing what what they can do with merchandise. It's it's impressive. Yes, it is, it is very impressive. Yes, so. I'm and still looking forward to them getting some more new emo characters. I was also. gonna say I make fun of you. I'm the one that bought an Infinity Gauntlet cup holder for no reason, <laughs> and a and an add on for an attraction to play that I used twice. And we go to Disneyland how often? Every couple years, so. Hey, I'm a sucker for it too, but it's it's interesting. All right. You know, in order to pay for all of this, Disney needs to make some money somehow. So why not charge a ton for these after hours events? So we got pricing for the uh, Christmas after hours event that's happening. And we talked about the, the Halloween event a few weeks ago, maybe a month or two ago when that pricing came out of how much of an increase that was over previous years. And the Christmas event is following suit. Now, we did get word that there's going to be a parade. They use the term parade, and there's going to be fireworks. So we're getting a little bit closer to normal uh, for this, but the pricing is out of control. So, uh, it's tic- unreal. Yeah, tickets are ranging from $169 to $229 um, for select nights in November and December. If you want to go 
um, kind of the the couple days before Christmas, it goes up to two hundred and forty nine dollars for a ticket. Now this compares. This is four hours. Yeah, and this compares to twenty nineteen, which was the last year they had a party, which was actually we went that year. Right. And I think we paid a hundred dollars, maybe one hundred and ten. But prices um, for those tickets range from ninety nine to one hundred and thirty nine dollars. So I I don't know that we were the ninety nine. We might have been like one ten. But it, yeah, I feel it, like we were we were on the lower in end. the middle of that. Yeah. I think we went mid-November. Yeah, we went pretty early. We were, I think, like the second weekend, so it was definitely a uh, a cheaper time. So yeah, it was a hundred to to one hundred and forty, let's say. And now base price is one sixty nine. Max is out at two hundred forty nine dollars, which again, it's basically I, now you're getting a parade. You're getting a little bit more, so it is more like Mickey's uh, very merry Christmas party that happened two years ago. But this is insane. I mean, this is absolutely crazy that Disney is charging fifty to a hundred plus dollars more a ticket. You know, I really hope. I I don't think it's going to be. We we talked about this a few weeks ago. How Disney is so expensive, and they seem to just be kind of pricing things out of control. You know, I hope that this is just a thing for the fiftieth that they know. Hey. Everybody's going to want to be here. This is the 50th year. We can kind of charge more, and it goes back down. But you know that's not true. You know if they can sell yeah. it for 250 this year, it's going to be 275 next year as the top price if you want to go around Christmas. Well, it's nuts. It's, well, it's crazy. And this was our concern whenever you know they did the pared-down celebrations, and we saw that the prices were you know, more than what they were for when we went to Mickey's Very Merry. So we kind of even said at that time, uh, this, this is a little bit concerning because – this is more and they're doing less and giving you less. Well, now they're adding some features back in and they're charging even more and significantly more. So yeah, it, it does kind of go with that theme of the prices of Disney are really severely ticking up. It's almost like, you know, you think about the areas where the company's not making money, like Pixar movies, they're giving them to you for free on Disney plus. They're like finding other way, weird ways of recouping those, those money, like that money. I think that Disney is a place that should be available to everyone. Cause I think that it's such a, it's such a cornerstone of childhood, I think. And so you're eliminating some people from having that experience. And I think that that will be to their detriment. Yeah, totally. And, and like you mentioned, this is a four hour event and they're calling it Disney very merriest after hours, event, which is, they definitely did not uh, pay people enough to come up with a good name they should have they should have funneled some money into there but again it is a little bit closer at least to kind of a normal after hours event the halloween party we talked about was definitely pared down it was less hours um there was no they talked about cavalcades no parade so it was a little bit more pared down this they're at least mentioning a theme parade fireworks and more so it seems like maybe unless character meet and greets come back it seemed like maybe that's the only thing that's missing from the Christmas party from a couple years ago. So this is at least a little bit more back to normal. But again, I don't know that I would pay $170 for uh, Mickey's Very Merry Christmas Party that we went to a couple years ago. I think that 100 to $150, you know, if you maybe want to go right around Christmas, sure. But you know, 100 bucks for a November... That feels about right for a few hours in the Magic Kingdom, especially when you can get a full day ticket in the Magic Kingdom for a hundred dollars. You know, why are you gonna wanna pay two hundred to get a few hours when 
you could basically go all day for the same. It's not that much different than going during the day that I feel it's worth, you know, two times the price of a one day ticket. Right. Are they giving you cookies and stuff like they usually do? Do you know? Um, it says and more. I imagine some of that stuff will happen. I mean, that was one of the nice things. Now, again, how much and, is a cookie yeah, worth? Yeah, I was going to say, get a I few, think... You get a few dollars in a cookie, but... I think that whenever we went... Uh, yeah, we you do get, get snacks. We, you we do get the, snacks um, included, ice cream novelties and more. So I think they oh, are... Oh, ice cream now? Okay, yeah, now so they you are have giving, me a little oh, bit. So it's worth it now. When okay. it was just... You know what? <laughs> $50 more. We got a few ice cream treats. <laughs> we're in there. Well, I was going to say, when we did the Halloween party, I thought that most... Or no, we didn't do the Halloween party. Sorry. When we did the Christmas party... The co- we got cookies mostly and there was one cookie it was like a peppermint chocolate cookie which was the surprise hit and every other cookie i was like eh, that was pretty eh, uh not that great um and then the pretzels were also good so yeah maybe it's some different snacks though that would be better oh so okay so we're worth it there oh it's definitely definitely I, not still worth it I, I will say you know you know for that price i feel like they do need to add something like like they talked about there's photo pass photographers there you can get special magic shots and things but you still need to purchase the 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 memory maker edition you need to pay for those tickets like what they could what they should do and what would be good is okay we're going to charge 50 or 60 dollars more a ticket but throw something else in give all the photos free right during that like you can come here if you don't have memory maker it doesn't matter all the photos we take are included Again, does that make it worth an additional fifty or sixty dollars? Probably not, but at least it now feels like it you're getting something additional because it almost feels like they're just charging you more for I, less than what they gave you two years ago. I also feel like they should give you a meal ticket. Like you should get, get like a, a snack. you should get a like a genuine like even if it's an Epcot size meal. Um, you know, like a whenever that you well would the get. problem with that is most of the restaurants close. We kind of ran right. into that mm-hmm. that by eight o'clock kind of everything's closed and all you can get is those snacks. And it makes sense. I mean, they don't want to have to staff a ton of restaurants. Um, so I, I could see maybe not giving you a full meal, but you're right. Like it, it feels like if you're going to charge more, give something extra. Maybe it's not a ton of value. Maybe it's $10 more worth of stuff, but at least it makes you feel like you're getting something additional. Right. I feel like an, a, like a limited time hat, like a, a hat made for the event or oh, something. Not bad, like a pin. Yeah, something or a pin, yeah, commemorative. Some, yeah, something that's like, hey, I was there and I got this cool little commemorative thing that you know cost them $2 to make. People would love that. If yes. you give out a pin, people would. Yes. Actually, I'm ice cream and a pin. Okay, I could, <laughs> I'll pay $400 for that. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, we would. <laughs> Disney, don't listen. Us together. Disney, don't listen. Don't listen. We don't want to charge $400. So. Uh, and so we actually, we also got a question in uh, this week from Brianna S. asking us what we thought about the Jungle Cruise and kind of how we thought it compared to, you know, the other action adventure uh, rom-com that a lot of people are comparing it to, the Pirates of the Caribbean. So um, quick take. We didn't think the Jungle Cruise was that great. Free Guy is incredible, though. Yes. Go yes. see that. Go see Free Guy. Free Guy. Incredible. Especially if you like video games. Yes. Yeah. Free. And even if you don't, I think if you, you don't, can but appreciate if, it. You might have to know a little bit about yeah, it. But so, yeah. But after uh, we saw the Jungle Cruise, we were actually talking about that of why we didn't feel it worked as well. And we were thinking back to Pirates of the Caribbean as well, because this is obviously there's a lot of parallels. Disney wanted to turn this into a franchise. So we're actually going to go and rewatch Pirates. Um, oh, man. We're going to try to do this, that this This is week. a job. I don't know if I, I'm really You're up born for. for it. You're born for it, <laughs> Angela. Go back and rewatch Pirates of the Caribbean. 
and do a breakdown between the two because kind of want to refresh our memory on Pirates because we definitely felt like the Jungle Cruise was decent, but it definitely was lacking. And we couldn't quite put our finger on it about why it didn't work as well as Pirates did. So we kind of want to rewatch Pirates, see if it still holds up and kind of compare the two. But quick take, yeah, Jungle Cruise wasn't that great. I do not think you need to spend $30 on Disney Plus buying it Premier Access. If you want to go to the movies and it's cheaper, okay. But I think this is one you could wait till it's free on Disney Plus. Excuse me. I have a disclaimer to make though. If, uh, if our friend the rock is listening, it was incredible. We loved it. Um, please come on our podcast. We love you. Yeah, come end. on and defend it. Come yeah, on and come defend, on defend it. it. Yeah. yeah, so absolutely. But yeah, so we'll be talking about that uh, in the next week or two, uh, kind of comparing those two. But it's a it's a good question because it's definitely something we thought about as well. Thanks, so, Brianna. Uh, and if you have a question that you'd like us to answer or a topic you'd like us to cover, um, you can ask it by heading over to our website, enchantedears.com slash podcast question and asking it over there. We always appreciate. It. We like hearing from our listeners. So. Absolutely. All right, so let's jump into. You can only keep one. Disneyland edition. So for those of you who are new, who have not heard this episode before, Angela's rubbing her hands together. She's can, very can excited. Can you hear that? Can yes. You hear that? I, think you, I think everybody can hear it. So, <laughs> so how this works is we have a set of three items uh, and it can be, you know, three attractions, three food items, etc. So three items and you can only keep one of them. So that means two have to go, which that's what makes it interesting. Because if you could keep two and you had to drop one, uh, that kind of makes sense. But if you have to only keep one of them and two have to go, it becomes a lot it's, more difficult. It's basically an ind- indecisive person's nightmare. Yeah, it is. So, <laughs> And feel free to play along and let us know um, what, what your picks are. or What if, we got wrong. Yeah, what we got wrong. <laughs> if you disagree with <laughs> we us wholeheartedly. We are inevitably so. going to get things wrong. Hey, I mean, it's an opinion. You can't yes. have a wrong opinion. So, all right. So let's jump into this. So the first set. I, I might disagree. You might be able to actually have an incorrect <laughs> opinion. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the first, uh, the first set are like top tier attractions here. So this is attractions. So mountain attractions too. So we have Space Mountain, Matterhorn, which is a mountain, and Big Thunder Mountain Railroad. Welcome to Matterhorn Mountain. So you this is way better than me. This is Disneyland Edition. So out of these three, which one are you keeping? Okay. So this I think was one of my harder ones. I think this depends on the day for me. So if you know, automatically. What about today? Yeah, that's what I was going to get there. Um, automatically, I can kick Big Thunder Mountain to the curb. I do not need Big Thunder Mountain. I don't ever need Big Thunder Mountain. I don't love that ride. I'm sorry. Um, but, and it is, I think, a better ride in Disneyland. Yeah, which, it's good in Disneyland. Yeah, I, I think I they have they have extra little oomph to it. I think it's fun. But um, out of Space Mountain and Matterhorn, today, I am actually, surprisingly, feeling Space Mountain. Now, this is surprising because if you've listened to us in the past, I've said that I liked Disney World's version of Space Mountain better. But I think the Michael Giacchino score really adds a certain je ne sais quoi to the ride. Um, it makes it interesting, and I enjoyed that, and I noticed it a lot more whenever we went this time. And the Matterhorn, whenever we were on it, I don't know if it was that we didn't sit in line. We didn't hear that, welcome to Matterhorn Mountain or whatever. They, I can't do that accent. So I don't know. I thought it was a little bit rougher this time. Uh, I didn't enjoy it as much. So I would say Space Mountain. All right. So I'm going to keep out of these three the Matterhorn. And I'm keeping it because the Matterhorn is unique to Disneyland. Yes, it is. I think it's a great attraction. You're right. It's It's a little bit rough because it's like a... 50 60 year old right. roller coaster 
<laughs> and it's showing its age a little bit. But it is a very fun attraction, and it's a very unique attraction. It's not like a pure roller coaster like you would get anywhere else. It's a you know bobsled style roller coaster. You have the Yeti in there. Um, which is interesting. And yeah. then it also goes through water too. It has that little you know, section at the end where it actually splashes into the water and the track is submerged. Your car hits the water. You can get a little bit wet, which is a unique thing. You really don't see that in roller coaster attractions where you go into water because obviously, you know, there's issues with having, you know, tracks submerged in water and stuff where it could rust out. I mean, I'm, I'm sure that's a, a maintenance nightmare, um, for <laughs> Disney there, but it, but it is it is something interesting and it's unique and so it's an interesting ride and and again it's uniquely Disneyland and it's a unique attraction so I'm keeping that and also partly because Space Mountain and Big Thunder Mountain are at other parks yeah. so if we get rid of those in Disneyland it's not like we're losing them completely because they're in like every other Disney park essentially and and so I, I'm with you I do think Big Thunder Mountain and Disneyland is better but it's not like the one in Disney World is terrible. So if we lost the one in Disneyland, we're really losing out on anything. And the Space Mountains, I think they all have kind of their own uh, you know, pluses and minuses across the board. So again, I mean, the one in Tokyo Disneyland is essentially the same thing as the one in Disneyland here. So I, I'm keeping the Matterhorn because of that. But also I think because it, it is very quintessential Disneyland more than the other two. Is it too late to change my response? Yes, you were locked in. You're no. keeping Space Mountain. So. All right, so let's go to the next set. So I think this one's going to be uh, difficult as well. So these are kind of the, the top attractions over at Disney California Adventure. So we're including DCA and Disneyland. It's kind of the whole package here. It's, it's the resort. So uh, the three attractions over there are Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout, Radiator Springs Racers, and the Incredicoaster. So which one? I think I know which one you're keeping, unless you're going to surprise me here. But which one are you keeping? 1,000%. Not even, not even close to any sort of debate. Guardians, a hundred, like a thousand percent. That ride to me, I under, I understand that there are, you know, it's over in Disney World as the Tower of Terror. Well, there's not Guardians anywhere. There's Tower of Terror, but it's a completely different attraction as Mission Breakout. Right, and with the music and everything, I think it is so much fun. Again, I love that ride. I love the animatronic Rocket Raccoon in the queue that you go through. So I think that that one above the rest of them. I mean, Radiator Springs Racers is essentially an improved, much better version of Test Track. And Incredicoaster is really fun. I love the, you know, the additions of the characters on it. But it is a roller coaster. I mean, you can go to pretty much any amusement park and, and ride a roller coaster. But I feel like Guardians, the, uh, the upgrade of adding Guardians to... That ride has just made it out of this world. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, I, I think you bring up a, a lot of good points there, and I, I figured you were going to pick Mission Breakout. For, for me, this one was was pretty difficult. I do think Radiator Springs Racers, for me at least, unfortunately, is the third out of this group. I'm with you. I mean, it, it is a much better version of Test Track, and I really do love that attraction. Um, but I think for me it could go out of these three. So I'm kind of torn between Mission Breakout and the Incredicoaster. I'm actually, you know, after this past trip and having a chance to ride the Incredicoaster, I actually am leaning to keeping that one. Guardians is a lot of fun, but I do feel like, especially this last time we went, that it didn't have as much like re as I remember. I mean, yeah, it, it's fun 
you know, like you said, you can have the different songs each time, but it, it did seem a little bit repetitive just in terms of the scenes. And so it, I don't know, it lost a little bit of something for me, I feel like this time. But the Incredicoaster, you're right, it is it is a roller coaster. You can kind of ride roller coasters anywhere. But it, it's just so much fun. It has the launches in it. It has, kind of going back to your point on Space Mountain, it has the, you know, Michael Giacchino, he did the score for that uh, attraction as well, the Incredibles theme. And just the, the high speed of it and... And just, you know, the story's not super great in it, you know, with the Incredibles, but there's enough in it that makes it fun. You're kind of trying to um, catch Jack-Jack and stuff. I, I just really liked it. I, I, I felt like it was just almost like euphoric. It was just a great time riding the Incredicoaster. And I didn't feel that as much on Mission Breakout this time. So unfortunately, I think for me, Incredicoaster stays and the other two goes. But it was, this one was pretty close, I'd say. Well, I'm glad to see that you're not right 100% of the time because the last one you yeah, were correct it's on. Opinions. This one, it's opinions. No, no, definitely not. So there's actually four in this grouping. So the first one is Flavored Churros, then Mickey Bar, then Pixar Pier, Frosty, Parfait, and the last is Beignets. So which one of these are you keeping? Yeah, so we got four here. I uh, kind of put all of the uh, snacks and stuff together. And we threw in that frosty parfait as well from the adorable snowman uh, shop over at Pixar Pier because that was delicious. So I'm going to throw that in there. You know, Disneyland, they have Mickey bars. Walt Disney World has Mickey bars. But Disneyland still keeps theirs like completely frozen on ice. And Disney World like doesn't do that. Like Disneyland even warns you, you gotta let this melt a little yeah. bit because this thing is frozen solid, and it it adds a little bit extra to it. Mm-hmm. That that definitely is up there. So it's not just like a normal Mickey bar. For me, I'm not huge on churros. Now Disneyland does have pretty good churros. The flavored churros are decent, but again, I'm not a huge churro person, so they're they're kind of dropping for me. To me, it's between the frosty parfait and that Mickey bar. I think I'm going to stick with the classic, though. Stick with the Mickey bar. It being on ice, extra cold. It adds a little extra something to it. I don't know. It, it tastes better to me. I did like the Frosty Parfait, but I almost like their just regular ice cream that they had there just as well. So I feel like even if you lost that, you know, like lemon with the, with the uh, like blue raspberry slushy into it, you still have just their regular ice cream, which was delicious. Um, so for me, I'm keeping the Mickey bar. Um, Because then the beignets, too, I wasn't overly thrilled with when we had those. Yeah. Of course, you would pick like the the classic of of the group because that is kind of where where your taste buds lie. I love churros. I will say I wasn't as impressed with the churros this time as I wanted to be. I had, I think, two. I tried the, I think it was a birthday cake churro. And then I also just had a regular churro and it was delicious. But I will say, I think that churros for me are a little dry so i love the nomad lounge churros because you have the dipping sauces that come with them and that adds that wetness that i think that they they desperately need to be like the full dessert experience for me so i'm gonna take those off the list if we go down to the beignets again they're not really my favorite uh thing i prefer to have the three cheese monte cristo over the beignets at Cafe Orleans. So yeah, that's that's on it. So for me, again, it's between the Mickey bar and the uh, Frosty Parfait. The Frosty Parfait was so delicious. It was really good. I, it, I'm not going to give it to you. It was good. Yes, it was, it was amazing. It was really 
interesting, but I will say, I think that actually this would have benefited a lot from having a layer of vanilla ice cream in it. And it was also just too big for one person. I kept trying to make you eat more of it because I hate throwing away food, but it was just too much for me. So surprisingly, I'm going back to the Mickey bar because as you mentioned, them being on, I don't know if it's dried ice or what they are on, but they are frozen solid. And that does, it just adds a little bit extra. And especially when it's really hot outside, they're so refreshing, so delicious, so much better than the ones you can buy from the grocery store. It's them because it's just, it's just a completely different experience from Disney world and Disney world. Take note. Yeah. And you can definitely knock us on the, uh, you know, adorable snowman saying that the vanilla was good. It was, but it was good. And I think that's for me, what makes the frosty parfait expendable because their vanilla was just so good that to your point, it probably would have improved the the parfait. So so you can knock us for being like, oh, you just went with the plain vanilla, but it it is delicious. Try it. Listen, I've been watching a lot of British Bake Off and I know you got to balance your flavors and it could use that creaminess from the milk because it's more of like a sorbet um, and it's that tart flavor of the sorbet because you get the lemon and then you have the blue raspberry. So yeah, the the cream would would definitely add to it. So if you want to steal that from me, Disney, please feel free. But I would totally recommend if you're at Disneyland, I mean, trying anything from there because, you know, even though in this game it goes away, it's still <laughs> good. And I highly recommend trying those uh, when you go over there. So don't by any means think that and, we're saying it's not good. And also just have one person order just plain vanilla and the other person order the parfait yeah, and, and share it. Pro tip there. So you ate all the vanilla pretty much. So I did. It was too good. <laughs> all right. Our next group is these are three rides that are classic, like or almost or like original Disneyland rides. So we have Storybook Canal. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, and Alice in Wonderland. So, Joe, of those three rides, which one do you keep and which two do you give the boot to? Yeah, this is this is difficult because they are you know, pretty classic. I mean, Storybook Canal is definitely an opening day attraction, uh, and that may end up giving it the edge. I'm not sure. And then kind of Mr. Toad's Wild Ride and Alice in Wonderland are those similar, you're in a car, kind of single track, uh, you know, moving through stuff. I definitely think out of the three Alice in Wonderland was the worst of the three. You know, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride definitely has a lot of fans that used to be in Walt Disney World as well. That's gone. That has a very kind of unique storyline in that it gets very <laughs> dark at the end. Um, that's maybe a polite way of saying it. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say unique is polite. <laughs> um, but it, it, it's, an interesting, um, it's an interesting ride. It is pretty quick. I, I think for me, I definitely could keep mr toad's wild ride but i do think i'm gonna lean towards the storybook canal again just because it's an original attraction and again it is something very different that would never be made today there is no way any theme park in the world is going to make an attraction like the storybook canal today because it is so low-tech old school i mean you're just on a little tiny boat traveling through just a bunch of miniatures i mean just you know and everything you know they said is all like real plants and stuff but it's just miniatures and nothing even happens to them it's just somebody telling you like story like bedtime stories about these little like miniature castles and so what they do today you know in theme parks would this would just never happen but there is you know something kind of special about it. it is interesting that they 
you know, how they keep up the grounds and they make all the plants and everything. It's all real, but um, again, everything's kind of, you know, downsized. And that classic vibe, that again, that classic Disneyland, I think that's why I'm, I'm going to keep that one. Okay. So your defense that Storybook Canal, and I'm sorry to everyone who loves that ride, uh, is something that nobody would produce today is exactly why it should get, get the boot because it is a ride that is low tech that, I mean, if you want to say it's original to the park, did Agrabah exist whenever they first released the... Oh, yeah, they definitely know, had added the to it. They yeah, they added, added to it. it. Yeah. So it's not an original ride. It's a ride that, in my opinion, I'm sorry, like needs to go. It's it's taking up real estate. I understand that there are people that love it. And, you know, to you, absolutely, it's nostalgic to you. And that's great. But for me, it isn't that at all. Um, and I think that it has a jungle You know you said earlier you can have wrong answers? I think a lot of people may be uh, coming at you here for the wrong answer. I mean, that's absolutely okay. For me, it's not nostalgic. And I think that whenever you have that nostalgia involved, it definitely taints your opinion. And that's actually why what I'm going to say is going to win. Alice in Wonderland for me, I don't, I don't know if I ever really even saw the animated, but I love the live action Alice in Wonderland. And so for me, when I rode that ride, it was like entering that movie. Um, you I knew enjoyed those characters. Yeah, more. I enjoyed seeing the characters. I enjoyed, you know, seeing the cards and the cards marching around. And I thought it was really fun to go into the story there. Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, as you said, very unique ride. Yeah, and and that's I think a good point, like that you bring up. Alice in Wonderland, you at least know the characters. Like Mr. Toad, I don't know those characters, and so. Well, I think it's a better like ride through than Alice in Wonderland. Again, ultimately, it's like you don't have any connection to those characters. At least on Storybook Canal, you know those stories. But I'm, I'm with you. Alice in Wonderland, you definitely have the most connection to of the story. That even if you didn't see the original cartoon, you kind of at least understand what's happening. Because Alice in Wonderland, I feel like so popular. First, like Mr. Toad, which is really not. Right. Yeah. And I think, but I do think that Mr. Toad's Wild Ride is, is very unique to Disneyland. I think it's an interesting ride. I don't know if I fully, fully, fully understood even the, the whole story of it whenever we went through. So I think uh, probably of those three, it has the most rewritability for me, but I'm trying to think of if I knew everything about Mr. Toad's Wild, Wild Ride, what would I want to keep the most? Probably Alice in Wonderland. Cause it just reminds me, it's like a short way of rewatching the movie. Yeah, I could see that. I mean, it definitely was a, a good attraction. Um, we don't have it in Disney World, so I thought that's it was That's true, cool. true. Yeah. So. All right, so uh, the next round here, another kind of set of classic attractions. We have, a, we have the Jungle Cruise, Conversation with Mr. Lincoln, and It's a Small World. And these are all attractions that either open when the park opened or, you know, were part of the World's Fair. All things Walt had kind of worked on right. and touched on. So out of these three, which one are you keeping? Okay, so starting with It's a Small World, I think that is, I love that ride. I love that song. I was listening to it the other day on the radio and it literally made me cry and I don't even know why, but it's still, it's at Disney World. It's in Tokyo. Tokyo does what Disneyland does, but better because my my improvement from Disney World or Disneyland to, Disney World to Disneyland is that Disneyland actually incorporates some of their characters and some of their IP, and I love that and I love looking for it. I think we counted like somewhere around twenty three different like characters that they had incorpor- incorporated in It's a Small World. Uh, Japan, I think, even had more than that. So we could get rid of that ride, and it would be um, you know you'd still have it everywhere else around the world. 
Mr. Lincoln was a really cool ride. It was actually surprising to me how much I enjoyed that. I enjoyed him kind of going through and talking about everything. It's more unique in Disneyland than it was in Disney World or it's because Disney World has so many rides that go over American history, whereas Disneyland, it seems like that is the only ride that really goes into it. And I think it's really interesting to see that animatronic. It's impressive. Jungle Cruise is it's, a, it's such an interesting ride. Um, you have all of the you have all the jokes you have. You have the I don't know. There's something about the Jungle Cruise that is is really magical. I love the ride. I think if you have a great skipper, it's fantastic. Having said that, I'm actually going to, I was actually going to say Jungle Cruise, but now that I talked myself into conversations with Mr. Lincoln, because I think that that ride is unique in Disneyland. You know, Jungle Cruise is very much controlled by the people who are on the ships, if they laugh and also your skipper. And again, usually your, the skippers are great. We didn't have the best skipper, unfortunately. And so, and I couldn't hear the skipper. So I think that your, your experience is a little bit more consistent with conversations with Mr. Lincoln. So I think that would be the one I'd keep. Yeah. I definitely, for me would keep Mr. Lincoln as well. Um, I'm going to say something that may be controversial. I'm not necessarily the biggest fan of the jungle cruise. I don't, <laughs> I get the attraction. I think it's a good attraction, but to a certain extent, like I don't get it. Like, <laughs> I, I mean, so, I think to your point, it really fluctuates depending on the skipper you have. And I do think that's maybe the, the issue with it because I do feel like sometimes I'm on it. I'm like, okay, I've seen, I've heard all of these jokes before. You're not doing anything new. I've kind of been on this. Uh, okay, I'm kind of ready for this to be over. Yeah, and I mean, that is a problem that Walt recognized because whenever he would go on it, I think he would t- he timed it and he noticed that people, whenever he was on, they cut they cut it oh, yeah, they, short. They talked about that on yeah behind right, the attraction the, right. that, that they would just kind of burn through it and it was a different guest experience. So that's why they kind of came up with the script of jokes they have. But I do feel like having that script of jokes... Sometimes you have skippers that just follow that script. And, and yeah, you know, it's fun. Okay, the backside of water. There's some of those classics. But a lot of it is just, if it doesn't land right, it's sometimes just not that great. And the, d- I, the delivery of the person giving it, really, the skipper really matters. Yeah, totally. And and I do feel like, so sometimes like when I'm riding it, I'm like, okay, like this is fun to ride once, but it's not something that I'm like always clamoring to ride. I do feel like, you know, Small World is similar, but I do like It's a Small World better, I feel like, than the Jungle Cruise. I really, for whatever reason, want to make sure I ride It's a Small World, and I feel like I would prefer to ride that attraction more than the Jungle Cruise. So again, that's probably a controversial statement to to a lot of people, because I know It's a Small World can be uh, annoying to a lot of people. Yeah, I've never been one of those people that finds it annoying. Yeah, I don't don't find it annoying either. And kind of side note here over in in Disney World, they have kind of repainted the facade and added some more colors into it over there in time for the 50th there. So I like it. They've they've added some some new coloring uh, in there as well. But um, but yeah, so I I feel like Small World is a little bit uh, higher for me than Jungle Cruise. But I'm definitely going with Mr. Lincoln because I think out of the three, that's the best attraction you want to keep. I, I do feel like 
when Disney's at its best, it, it is this mix of education and history and entertainment all in one. And Mr. Lincoln does that. And it also avoids the problem that they have over in Walt Disney World when they, you know, now they have the Hall of Presidents over there that that attraction has to change anytime there's a new president and the stories, you know, slightly changes and has to go down for refurbishment. I think it's much better. You just keep it on Lincoln. You kind of talk about American history. You show Lincoln and kind of his involvement in it. Uh, you know, he's a very popular character. He's a, probably one of the most well-known presidents out there. Again, it's something that you know Walt worked on. It was an early animatronic that they used. Now, they're not using the original animatronic, but I definitely think that's the best attraction out of the three. I don't know if it was the woman who was in there, who, who in the attraction, um, or if it, we heard this on something else, but didn't they say that they actually they made the animatronic of Mr. Lincoln from an actual cast of his face that they took. Yeah, they did. They had a, uh, they had a cast of his face. Yeah. I think it, it was the uh, cast member who was, she doing, was, the amazing. Pre- who was doing the pre-show. Yeah. She knew a lot of I history. I wish I knew her name. Yeah. I believe she actually said that the first animatronic was the birds in the Tiki room. And then like Lincoln was like the next tier of animatronics that they made, but yeah, that they, they were able to get a, a cast of his face probably for something that they used um, you know, when they made a bust of him at the White House or something like that, and they were able to use that to actually make his face. So he, he looks, you know, pretty realistic. So yeah, definitely for me, Mr. Lincoln's on the top there. So all right, so the next one is a group of lands over at Disneyland and, and DCA. So we have Cars Land, uh, Galaxy's Edge, and Avengers Campus. So out of these three, what are you keeping? I don't know if you what you picked because we don't talk about this prior, but if you want to even help me out with this because I feel like we both picked the same thing, I'm going to say Avengers Campus. Um, the reason why I say that is, and you're quiet, so maybe you didn't pick it. I was going to say, I, I don't know if I picked that or not. We'll see. <laughs> but uh, I think Cars Land is you know, spectacular, but there's really only, there's a couple rides. I mean, there are... You know, of course, there is Radiator Springs Racers. There are like the different the dancing cars and like there's a whip like ride. Those are all really cool. Those rides are kind of more, you know, theme parky rides. You see them a lot. I just think it's really well done, but it's not a place that, you know, I have to have to go to, I think. And so for me, that's something that, you know, it, it still ranks above Galaxy's Edge for me for sure, because that that exists in Disney World. I think Cars Land is more fun than Gal- Galaxy's Edge is. So, I mean, Galaxy's Edge would be my absolute bottom of those three lands. But I think Avengers Campus, right now especially, there's just so much going on with the different shows. I hope they keep those, as we've talked about in other episodes, because that, to me, is what makes the land interesting. There's still not enough rides in it for it to really stand on its own if it doesn't have all the entertainment I think that they need a little bit more food there. Overall, I mean, the Spider-Man animatronic being there and the different shows. And then also Web Slingers is a lot of fun and Mission Breakout's there. So I think for me, that's, that is where I'm going immediately. That's the land that I would keep. And also it's unique too. And it's also the newest. Disneyland right now. P- Paris, I believe, is getting one, right? Well, yeah, they're, they're building Avengers campuses everywhere besides uh, Walt Disney World. So, I mean, Hong Kong's getting one. Paris is getting one. I'm sure eventually probably Tokyo or you know Shanghai will get one as well. They can't build one in Walt Disney World. So that's the only place that will like never get one. I, I do think probably a little biased to that too because that's the newest it's, one. Yes, it is the newest. Yep. I will say this is interesting because these lands are 
three different lands and have three different approaches to a theme park land. So Cars Land is probably the most beautiful of the three. It's it's definitely the most detailed. That rock work on Radio Springs agree. Racers is incredible. I think they do a nice job of theming their food establishments. The they traffic ha- cones. Yeah, they have some characters there. So I think that's probably the, the most well immersive of the three. Yeah, and well The most out. imagineered almost. Yeah. Galaxy's Edge is a, a very big land. It is immersive, but I do feel like, and we've talked about this, there's not... There's not a lot like just in terms of motion going on. Like there's not a lot of energy in that land per se, unless you have like stormtroopers walking around. Like it, it's really hurting now that they don't have the stormtroopers walking around and they don't have Ray out and things because there's not really much else in the way of like movement in that land, unless maybe you're in that little marketplace area. But if you're just kind of walking around, there's not necessarily a ton going on. But that land has the best attractions. It has the Savvy lightsaber building experience, which is the best theme park experience I feel like you could have, you know, in terms of experiences. So again, not much in the way of characters. They have a, a few food establishments, but really heavy on attractions and just kind of scale. Then you have Avengers Campus, which again is impressive, but it's very small. And I don't feel like it has the same level of like detail as Cars Land. I mean, it, it's very much, and, and Avengers is kind of in the normal world. So I think that's why that kind of hurts it a little bit because it's just regular buildings. You know what I'm saying? There's nothing yeah. like fantastical in the way that Galaxy's Edge is on another planet or Cars Land is a world where cars are like people that, hey, I mean, you know, a lot of the Avengers just, just, just takes place in New York. So you can't really go to a fantastical <laughs> world like that. But what Avengers Campus has is it has the meet and greets. So it's kind of three drastically different approaches to yeah. building lands. For me, I mean, this is this is tough. I honestly don't think I'm going to pick Avengers Campus because I think it's good, but I don't really feel like it being a land like that really adds anything. Like we already had Mission Breakout. I think you could have thrown web slingers in there. You don't necessarily need the land to glue it together. Okay. You know? And so I do think Cars Land and Galaxy's Edge does a little bit better in the land helps glue it together. And kind of the same way over at Walt Disney World, Pandora, that land really helps immerse you in that. It helps elevate those attractions for me i i think i'm gonna pick galaxy's edge just mm. slightly over cars land and i think it's probably just because i'm not as in tune with the cars franchise so i probably am not picking up on as many of the easter eggs that maybe a true you know cars fan would pick up as much. It's definitely very immersive. It definitely has great attractions. But Galaxy's Edge, like I said, I mean, Savi's Workshop was incredible having it there. Rise of the Resistance is the best attraction, especially the Disneyland version, is an incredible attraction. And so I think I'm going to keep that one. I wouldn't want to lose everything they have in Galaxy's Edge in terms of the attractions and the experiences where if I lost Cars Land... I'd really only be losing Radiator Springs Racers for me. As much as as I love Radiator Springs Racers, I think I'm okay with losing that. I also think, it, weirdly, I'm okay if we lost Avengers Campus because it's it's good, but it's just not on the same scale that 
if you take out those shows, I think you really don't need that land anymore. You know, and I think having a land based solely on a couple shows that happen that are going to get old after a while, if you watch them over and over again, isn't necessarily a great premise for a whole land. I feel like I need to step in for Cars Land for a minute. I, I don't know why. I mean, even I can kind of, I can completely, it's, it's right, it's right there. I can completely see what you're saying about Avengers Campus. I think you're devaluing one thing, which we'll talk about in a little bit. So I'm not even going to get into it. But Cars Land, I mean, yes, a hundred percent. Cars, my maybe my least favorite Disney thing ever, but. I can still appreciate what they did. I Again, you're right. If I would be a fan of the movies, I'd probably appreciate it more because there's a ton of Easter eggs I'm sure I'm missing. But there is kinetically so much more energy there. It is busy all day long. Where I thought, I felt like when we walked in the Galaxy's Edge, it was kind of dead. I, I mean, it wasn't... I don't want to say dead, but it wasn't as busy as I had expected it to be. Um, I don't even think it was, I don't think it was as busy as the other parts of the park. I don't think people find it as interesting. I don't find it as interesting to look at. So even though, you know, I actually like star Wars better than cars, I would say cars is better. Yeah. Again, I kind of looked at it though. If I lost the land, I'm going to lose the attractions and the experiences in it. And I don't want to lose. I'd rather, I'd rather keep rise of the resistance and Savi's workshop and have, a little less quality of an overall land and experience than if I lose radiator Springs racers, you know, and that, that's the way I, I looked at it. So again, I'm with you. Cars land is great. It's kind of one, two for me. Sadly. Yeah. Avengers campus is third on this list. It, it really needs that Quinjet attraction. Like it, it just needs something else besides these shows. So speaking of the shows though, this is our mm-hmm. last set. So Going into Avengers Campus, they have three kind of main shows. They have the Dora Milaje show, they have the Spider-Man show, and they have the, uh, we'll call it Avengers show, that's on top of the uh, the building with the Quinjet. So if you can only keep one of those shows, which one are you going to keep? Okay, I'm going to keep two. No, you can only keep one. <laughs> so I'm going to keep two there. <laughs> I do not need the Avengers show. I think that it's worth watching uh, and trying to catch the uh again we talked about this i think last week or two weeks ago it's worth trying to catch black widow doing the uh black, black widow, widow move. Twirl. yeah her yeah little leg twirl. Her, her like twir- yeah the twirl with her legs it's insane to see it but other than that i mean it's cool to see black uh, black panther climb the building but again that could get old pretty quickly and then I, i'm left with the dora show and the spider-man show and these are neck and neck because upon seeing the dora show I was moved to tears. I loved it. I loved the the actor that was playing Okoye. I wanted to be her friend. I wanted to hang out with her. I wanted to be Adora. It, it was just, it was so moving and powerful again to see a powerful woman like that out there and everyone just like watching her and doing what she's doing. And I loved that. As far as the Spider-Man show is concerned, I did find there was some variance in the Spider-Man show. I wasn't a fan of that. I thought it was also, it's weird how it's designed that you can't see the entire show from a spot. Because yeah, we didn't realize that at the beginning, but yeah, he starts like real far down on the web building and kind of slowly moves down. Right. And so if you want to see the entire show, you have to basically start around the corner and look and see that and then move. But then whenever you move there's a bunch of people already there waiting to see the majority of the show, which takes place on kind of the front portion of the building. Yeah. I kind of think almost that he maybe starts down there just to let, let people know, Hey, there's a show here. 
and kind of move on down because the animatronic happens, like you said, on kind of the main part of the building, which is kind of the 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 crux of the show there. So it's almost like he starts at the end of like, hey, how's it going to kind of like get people that are maybe down a little bit further, push them into where the main shows. But you're right. There's already a lot of people there. Um, you might not have as great a viewing spot. You know, and then we also notice the variability with the Spider-Man. You know, whoever, depending on who's playing Spider-Man, they might be more energetic and talented. Like we had one that did a backflip and one who just kind of jumped against the wall, paused there for a few seconds and jumped off, which I could do. I, I just thought that that was a little disappointing. But the thing, again, about that Spider-Man show is the animatronic. It's worth it for those 10 seconds because the animatronic doesn't do the same thing again variability but that part to me is fascinating that they have this animatronic that will sometimes do a perfect flip and land pretty nicely sometimes its legs spread apart sometimes it goes into a ball and i think that keeps me like i found myself as we were there longer and longer i loved the dora show i'm sure that there are different interactions that she has with different people depending on what they say but I love to kind of come back and try to catch that animatronic part. So for me, I think it's the Spider-Man show that if if there was, it, it just edges the Dora show out just a little tiny bit. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you on that, that the Spider-Man uh, show would be the one I would keep out of these three. And for all of the reasons that you mentioned, the other shows, while they are, they're good. And, and even the Spider-Man show, it's kind of the same show every time. I do feel like that animatronic does something different each time. And it is so amazing to see knowing that that's not a person that I, I wouldn't want to lose that. Whereas, you know, the Dora show, you're right. She has different interactions with the people, but learning how to, you know, train with the spear over and over again, it kind of gets old. I mean, you do that once or twice, you don't necessarily need to see that each time. And the Avengers uh, show on the, the, the campus building, I agree with you. I, I mean, I think you see that once. It's kind of the same show. I mean, it's interesting to see. I do think what it, what will be interesting is I think all these shows are going to change over time. So I think that's going to be part of it too where as like we're saying, okay, if you see that Avengers show once or twice, that's probably all you need to see it. And I think Disney probably recognizes that, that a year to two years, those shows will change slightly because – Right now, it's Black Widow fighting Taskmaster because that movie just came out. Right. But in two years, whenever new Black Panther comes out and, and there's a, a villain, you can have Black Panther you know, fighting the villain from that movie and maybe maybe the new Black Widow is in it. You know what I mean? Or, or Captain Marvel. When that movie comes out, you could have Captain Marvel be part of that stunt show instead of Black Widow. So I think those shows are going to change. I think the, the Dora show may change. It may get replaced by a different show. So I think that is probably kind of one of the, the nice things about Avengers Campus is they, they can change these shows um, because I, I do think they would get old if you kind of went a lot and you kind of constantly saw the same thing. Um, so I think out of the three of them, the Spider-Man show, it's just the, it's the most impressive. And I think I, I would want to keep that one. It's also a quicker show. So you can kind of like just catch the animatronic. That's all you really need to see. You can yeah. kind of skip the rest of it. But it, it, it is impressive being there, especially the Dora show. I mean, the crowds that that draws. When that music drops and they start coming oh my out, gosh. I mean, everybody just stops and, and tries to line up for it. So I, I do think you know Disney really has 
between these three shows, they have a lot of hits on their hand because it really it really draws the crowds. Yeah, the Dora show has a lot of kinetic energy to it. It it because it just it is such a spectacle and just seeing these women and the pride with which they carry themselves, I, I just can't explain it. Like that actor that plays Akoya almost has as much like charisma as Dwayne Johnson. Just just the way she carries herself. But anyway, um, also we did leave out the Doctor Strange show from this list. And again, I if we were to kind of address that. I think that kind of has the same kind of vibe as the Avengers show where it's the same every time. The magic is really low level. I thought that the interactions that and the Doctor Strange that we had were incredible though, but overall I still would put Spider-Man above that or and the Dora above that too. But yeah, I think that you know, overall Avengers Campus is really cool. I, I think you're right. It's going to change a lot over time. I want to see a Loki show real bad. I do think that's the one differential for the Avengers campus you know kind of like we talked about maybe it's not the best land but it's going to be the one that's the easiest to change over time and we were already seeing that with with the Loki series how Loki had a different outfit each week you know Black Widow her outfit has changed based on her movie so I think you're going to see that probably once the new Spider-Man movie comes out his outfit changes as as these other movies come out you'll see those people in the park and so I think that is what's going to keep people coming back. Maybe it's not the biggest land or the most detailed land, but the fact that every time you go, you're going to see a different character. I think that's what's going to keep people kind of returning uh, time after time. And it's proximity to Hollywood. I would not be surprised to see that they get some of the actors, the actual actors that play the characters to come out on the building. I mean, not that you can actually interact with them, but I could almost see them having, you know, play, paying chris hemsworth to actually go up on the building and somebody's like what is, is that chris hemsworth just to create buzz and a stir for the movie yeah i don't see that happening um i think they've attended there anthony mackie was there he actually challenged tom holland because he uh, was out on web slingers and he posted his score and he threw the challenge out to tom holland to try to come beat him <laughs> on his own attraction there so i think they're coming and probably enjoying the land but i don't necessarily see them out there playing their characters at all i, I don't think that would happen maybe once if they happen to be there but like anthony mackie was there he wasn't out there as captain america so i I don't think they're going to want to blur those lines too much but we'll see so that 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 wraps it up our picks uh let us know what you thought head over to our facebook page we're enchanted ears over on facebook uh let us know what your picks were if you agreed or disagreed with any of ours we'd love to hear your feedback so i want to thank everybody again for listening this week if you've not done so please leave us a rating or a review subscribe wherever you get your podcast we really appreciate it thanks for letting us your ears have a great week everybody and we'll see you here next monday Bye bye